as you spend more and scale your brand, your numbers might look worse per customer, but because you're acquiring so many more customers, you're actually a lot more profitable. You're listening to The Liftoff Show, the podcast for ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs, helping you increase sales, profits, and build a powerhouse brand fast. I'm your host, Austin Lovell, and welcome to the show. G'day everyone and welcome back to the Liftoff Show. Today, we've got a very, very special guest. We're going to be talking about brand building, brand scaling and everything that goes into it. And we're chatting with Daniel here today. Daniel, do you just want to introduce yourself in a little bit more detail? Tell us a bit about your experience in, in the e-com space. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, mate. Yeah, so I've been at the Dim Nico agency for just over two years now. And essentially, we specialize in like growing e-com brands, as you said, you know, taking them from anywhere of doing as low as probably 10K a month in revenue. You know, some we have worked with lower up to some of our biggest brands are doing over $5 million a month in revenue, like US dollars. So if you're an Aussie listening to this, you know, it's like $7 million a month in revenue. That's been my background for probably like the last seven years. It's just like marketing, advertising, creative. And it started not in e-commerce. We started in more in, more in the coaching space for two or three years, just doing the advertising. And then the last, yeah, like two, two and a half years has all been e-com and definitely a lot more exciting personally i feel with our e-commerce with like products and the creative and all that kind of side of things so yeah that's that's a little bit about me and uh, how the agency works as well we were chatting before we started the interview today about i guess the focus of you and the team at the agency about scaling sustainable brands do you just want to talk a bit about what is a sustainable brand? Because a lot of people in the e-com space would just think, okay, I'm scaling my brand. I'm elevating my advertising. I'm trying to bump my ROAS up as much as I possibly can and get my profit numbers up. But what does it mean to be a sustainable brand? Yeah, good question. And like, there's obviously a lot of elements to growing a brand. And I'm sure we'll touch on them throughout it. But when I say like sustainable brand, it's more so being able to see consistent growth, you know, quarter on quarter, I guess month on month as well. I speak to a lot of brands and see, you know, obviously in a lot of Facebook groups, everyone posting their screenshots and whatever. And like, you know, anyone can have a, a 5K revenue day, a 100K revenue month, but like, is that actually happening happening consistently? And also what's the profit on that too? You know, like, are you actually making any money on that? And when I talk about, yeah, like growing, you know, consistent, stable brands, it's being able to, you know, if you look at the, the revenue trajectory, it's actually going up and the profits also either being stable or going up as well. Like that's, that's really important. We don't just go and 10X a client's budget because like you, you need to have the foundation to be able to grow it, grow it, grow it. Like our biggest client that's doing, you know, $5 million a month in revenue didn't happen overnight. You know, they, they started with us just under a million. Then we grew it to like 1.5, then two, then three. And we hit the five in November last year. And we'll probably do bigger numbers than that in Q4. So you know, I'm sure we'll talk about like the elements to building a success, uh, stable, successful e-com brand, but it's more so just like actually seeing consistency because like if you're just doing 50K this month and then 5K next month and then 30K and then, <laughs> then your business is over. It's like, and that's some the reality of some dropshipping businesses. Like they might have a really big month and then they just doesn't work and then they shut down the business. It's like, that's cool if that's what you want to do. But I'm in the you know the world of building longer term successful brands that you can run for for years, if not you know decades into the future. That's personally kind of what we what we do, and that's the kind of brands that we work with. And obviously, you know, you can make some short term cash with say drop shipping and stuff, but it's not sustainable, which is what you know we're here to talk about today. So yeah, hopefully that gives you a bit of insight into what I'm talking about. 
Definitely does. And I think it's very interesting a few of the points you brought up around focusing on profit margins, trying not to make it this huge roller coaster feast and famine month. You go from, I guess, like a screenshot worthy month of like 50, 60K to 5K the next month because your ads just go crushing down and your ROAS just, you know, is garbage. And then all of a sudden you're trying to ramp that back up again. It's just up and down and up and down peaks and troughs. And so I really like the whole idea of building sustainable brands that are constantly on the way up. So do you want to dive a bit into, I guess, what makes up a sustainable brand? What are those key pillars? What are the things that someone listening should look at and really make sure they have in place if they want to, you know, go, as you said, on the way up every single month, growing and growing? Yeah, hundred percent. So we kind of talk about five main pillars to building like a long-term successful e-com brand. And just to be very clear, like when I talk you through these five, like don't think, okay, I got to nail all of them at the same time. Like some you got to prioritize earlier because that's more important. I'll tell you the five and then I'll talk about like what's most important to focus on at the start. So the first one is obviously your product or offering. What are you actually selling, right? You know, the product you're selling, what's the price point? How are you selling it to your actual audience? That's like the product offer package together. And then if you kind of go back a step, it'd be like your website, you know, is your website converting? That would be like pillar number two. The number three would be your creatives, you know, your images, your video, the copy, all of that stuff that would actually go into your ads. Creatives itself would be pillar three. And then I'd say ads is pillar four or traffic sources. You know, we mainly focus on Facebook and Instagram. We do run other traffic sources, but they're the main priority. So pillar four would be like traffic. And then five would be like retention. So like email marketing, SMS marketing, Facebook groups, anything else to kind of get your customers to come back and buy again. So if you just think about it, right, you're not going to focus on retention from day one. You've got no customers, <laughs> right? Makes no sense. The most important thing with any e-com brand is proving it's actually a profitable model because like you can make sales. Like, you know, I've run e-com brands in the past where I've made sales, but I'm not making any money. And then I've ended the business because it's not profitable model. And then we've got other e-com brands where it actually is a profitable model. And then you're able to kind of build out the other pillars. So the first thing you've got to really focus on is it's almost like the skeleton of it. Get your product, get your website and creatives together and some ads. Those four pillars together, even if it's just basic, is, is there to prove if you can sell this product profitably. So if we just break down some really basic metrics. If you're selling something for 50 bucks and your costs, so like manufacturing, shipping, fees is say $25, it means there's $25 of like gross profit, right? Before marketing. So you can spend $25 to acquire a customer and you would make $0, but you would get a customer. So obviously if you spent $10 to acquire a customer, you would have $15 profit. If you spent $35 to acquire a customer, you would lose $10. So just to kind of, the reason I break out those metrics is so when you're marketing on, you know, whatever traffic source you're running, say Facebook, if you spend less than that 25, which is like your break even cost per acquisition, you've got a profitable model, right? And then you go, cool, let's strengthen the website. Let's strengthen the creatives, make the ads better, learn new media buying tactics to get more profitable and spend more on ads. And then once you kind of build that out over time, then you've got all these customers that you can focus on your email marketing retention side to get them to buy again or other products that you're selling or whatever it is. And that's kind of how you're going to grow over time. So I would say like the first thing to focus on is having a product that sells, right? Like if you go back probably three to five years ago, you could sell anything on Facebook profitably. Like it was so easy because like it was new. 
But now there's so much competition. There's a lot of brands out there that are phenomenal brands that are losing money. We spend like $3 million a month on ads. We've run brands ourselves internally that have just failed. You know, imagine if you're a nobody and you're running ads, you know, like we're the bloody really good at this and we, we fail as well. It all comes down to the product, right? And then we've got other brands that we're running our own clients or internally that are um, selling really well because the product's really good. So bottom line is get your product good, then nail your website, get some creatives running and some ads. Even if it's basic, you'll prove your model and then strengthen everything from there. I think those five pillars, if you can go back to them and sort of work your way through them, as you said, in chronological order, you hit your first four. And then once you're at a certain level, you then focus on retention instead of trying to do everything in one go, because then you're probably going to get stuck. You're not going to know what to do next. And so I think one of the major things I want you touched on, on building a sustainable brand is the profit margins, is the profit numbers. The fact that you can grow as fast as you possibly want and you can get to huge revenue numbers. But if there's no money left in the kitty at the end of the day, then what are you going to be doing. You know, you can't profitably grow. You can't build out systems and a team to support that growth. You can't order more stock and invest in, you know, better fulfillment services. You're sort of like in this area where you've got high revenue numbers. It looks good on paper, but end of the day, you know that it's probably moving backwards or it's not getting to the point you want it to be. So when it comes to profit margins, are there numbers in mind that you like to look at with your brands and with the clients that you're working with? Are there certain percentages? Are there certain net profit margins that you look at and you think that's really healthy? You know, we definitely want to be at that point. Well, obviously the higher, the better, of course, but that's not the reality. Like I always ask people like, oh yeah, like what's your target, you know, return on ad spend or whatever. And I'm like, don't tell me it's 50 because like everyone's as high as possible, but like realistically. And like, if I just think about like our clients, I'd say like realistically, like their, their net profit so after advertising and all their costs, if they can get like 20 to 30%, like that's pretty good, you know, for e-com, because like you've got a physical product. If you're running like, you know, SaaS or coaching or something, it should be higher because you have no physical costs besides advertising and maybe some Shopify fees or whatever you've got there. So I'd say like net profit should be around probably 20 to 30% and gross profit usually is like that 50%. So like, just to be very basic, you know, if you're selling something $40, if your costs on that are 20, so like product, manufacturing, shipping to your customer fees, then there's like $20 or 50% margin to spend on advertising to acquire a customer. And hopefully you spend $10 to acquire a customer. So then there's $10 profit, which is like 25% net profit. The numbers are never sexy. Like everyone just wants to spend money on ads and make money. But like, if you're not understanding the numbers, you're going to just lose money. And that's really important. So to answer your question really simply, I'd say your gross profit should be 50% and then your net profit 20 to 30% is, is quite good. But one thing that's really important to understand as well, as you scale and you spend more money on ads, your net profit might go down because your, you know, your cost to acquire a customer goes up. Just to be very clear here, let's say you're spending $1,000 a month on ads and your net profit is 30, 30%. If you then go spend $10,000 a month on ads, your net profit might drop to 25 or 20% or whatever because you're spending more money. Because as you spend more money on Facebook, it, it costs more to acquire a customer. That's just the nature of Facebook. But what happens is you actually acquire a lot more customers. So the volume of customers is greater. So you actually generate more profit, even though there's less profit per customer. And let me just like break it down really simply with some of like the numbers from one of our clients. They sell it for 40, their costs are 15. So their gross profit's $25, right? Let's say they're acquiring 100 customers a month at $15 profit per customer, $1,500 profit a month. Or you acquire 1,000 customers at $10 profit each. 
So you're actually getting less profit per customer, but because you've acquired so many more customers, you make like $10,000 profit, which is what eight eight and a half thousand dollars more profit. So the concept I really want to get across here is as you spend more and scale your brand, your numbers might look worse per customer, but because you're acquiring so many more customers, you're actually a lot more profitable. And then on the flip side as well, because you've got so many more customers, they hopefully will buy from you again or buy other products that you've got, or you've got so much more exposure now, maybe retail opportunities come out, more word of mouth, more organic traction. So like a lot of people tell me that like every time I scale, my return on ad spend goes down. And I go, yeah, that's what's meant to happen. And then they're like, what? Like I thought that's not what meant to happen. It's like our biggest clients when they've come, you know, we've maybe dropped the ROAS, but we've like 10X their spend. So they're getting so much more profit and revenue. And this is where you can see the retention side is really important because if you're getting so many more customers, if they're buying from you again and again, you're getting instant profit there because you don't have to pay to acquire that customer anymore. You know, just imagine you got one customer and they never buy from you again. Great job. Versus if you've got a hundred customers and 50% of them buy from you again, then you're getting 50 extra customers buying again and again. Like that's where you can really make serious profit. And that's why some of our brands that are like doing huge numbers, spending like, you know, 20K a day on ads, they're even literally happy to break even on Facebook on their traffic because they know that they've got like a 70% returning customer rate. So they'll make all the profit on the back end. And in reality, the person who's like willing to spend the most on Facebook to acquire a customer is going to win because Facebook's an auction place. You know, whoever bids the most, whoever spends the most will win. Not saying that you can't spend $10 a day or $50 a day or $100 a day and still win. You're just at a disadvantage versus someone spending 20K a day, but you can still win. That's why you got to focus on like your creative and website and product because that's all super unique. Anyway, that was like a lot of information and I talk quite fast. So hopefully you guys can break that down but it's really important to like growing a brand. You've got to understand profitability per customer versus volume of sales. That's just like the most important thing I want you to take away from that. So it's like the ROAS versus scale equation. It's the fact that yes, while the ROAS might be going down, the number of customers is ultimately going up, which means more revenue and profit. So it's sort of a, a sacrifice that you make. There are brands out there that can hold a 10 ROAS while spending like 10, 50, 100K a month on ads. Fair game to you, that that's nuts. But I know it's not gonna be the case, you know, 90% of the time. And so moving on from that, I guess, how much of a role does ad creative and ad buying play in still keeping that ROAS as high as possible while you increase that ad spend. Because I'm sure everyone listening will think, okay, it's all great. I've, I've probably experienced it before. I've tried to increase my spend. I did it vertically on one ad set or campaign that was working. The ROAS just dipped and now it's not working anymore. How do I bring both those numbers up or maximize the ROAS while I'm maximizing that ad spend? How much does ad creative and ad buying play in that? Yeah, it plays a huge role. Let's just say you're in a situation right now in your account, spending $100 a day with a certain level of creative. And you're like, it's working, cool. Let's go to 200 300 $500 a day. It's, it's just going to fatigue. That's just what happens, right? But if you introduce new creative, you know, new images, videos, different angles of how to sell your product or, you know, different user-generated content, whatever, different creatives, that's like a very big difference to your account that's going to make a, a jump in results. One of our clients, for instance, when they started with us, they had like a, it was like a $70 CPA, right? And it was, they were losing money, but it was a subscription business. So they didn't care, but like, okay, whatever. They had a $70 CPA and they had pretty average creative. They were spending maybe 10K a month. 
And then inside our first month together, we just tested a whole bunch of different creative to what they'd done previously. And it took their CPA from $70 to literally $19, right? Which like is crazy. That's more than halving, probably even twice their CPA. So I think their ROAS went from like 0.7 to like 2.1, right? And like, that was purely creative. Cause like what you got to understand with Facebook and traffic in general, if you target like an interest versus this interest versus a lookalike audience or broad targeting, realistically, it's kind of hitting the same person, but a creative is such a different element that it can make a dramatically different change in results. And like, I'm sure a bunch of you guys listening would have experienced this where like you're running ads, it stops working, you know, it's fatiguing or whatever. Then you launch a new creative and then the CPA just drops or your ROAS just doubles. It's like, that ain't going to happen just going from a 1% lookalike to a 4% lookalike. You might get some 10, 20% changes in results, but you ain't going to get like a halving of your CPA. That comes from like, what do I say? Like pulling the big levers, like introducing new creative. Or if you even go just to one step further of like the website, let's say your website's converting at 1%, like whatever, whatever your AOV is and whatever. Let's say it's 1%. Pretend you just increased it to 2%. You made all these changes, you blah, 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 increased it to 2%. That would halve your CPA. That would double your return on ad spend. You're not going to see those kinds of results from like interest or lookalike small differences, right? The way I think about it is like, use your creative, use your website conversion rate to get as profitable as possible, you know, pulling on those levers as much as you can. And then use your, your ad buying, your media buying, your traffic to kind of scale the results. So when we take on like a new client, you know, they might have like a two ROAS for instance, and like that's profitable. We'll go introduce new creative, uh, improve the website to get the return on ad spend even further better from a two to 2.5 or a three or whatever. And then we scale the spend because you're getting so much more further out of that. And like, I remember one of our clients that came on in Jan, what was that? they were doing like a 1.5 ROAS or something, which is profitable. Um, but they're create. They had like one creative that was running for like six months. So when we introduced a whole bunch of creative, like we took their ROAS instantly to like two point five, and their spend was like ten k a month. And then like by the time we got to like a hundred k a month in spend, their return on ad spend was where we started. So it was like one point five. But you got to understand, we ten x their spend, you know, and that's where like the volume of customers comes into play. Introducing new creative and testing new creative makes a huge difference to the return on ad spend or the CPA. Same thing with your website conversion rate, which then allows you to scale your spend a lot further and get much more profit per customer, per dollar that you're putting in. And I think that was an awesome spot to, to finish up this chat as well. So it's really cool how we can use the creative and the store to increase the ROAS, lower that CPA, and then use the ad buying to increase the scale. So you've got these two parts working in tandem and they really help each other. And so you bring in more profit. You might even be spending the same amount each day, but you just doubled how much you're actually bringing in because of those big levers. Like you said, you've focused on the things that really matter. So now I appreciate you being on the show. This has been super valuable and I'm going to listen back to this a few times and take <laughs> out some more golden nuggets because I think there was a, a lot of gold in here. So thanks again, Danny, for your time. It has been awesome to have you on the show. No worries. Cheers for having me.